Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. Alongside me once again, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, always a pleasure. Good to be back. Uh, we're recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. You can send us your questions and feedback uh, by shooting us an email at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at, at nhhsports. Uh, you can listen to the show every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com or on iTunes. Uh, and here we are in the, what, next to last week of the regular season somehow already. I don't know how we got here, but... It, it really did fly by. It, it, it feels like just yesterday we were breaking out our winter coats and putting... Well, oh, wait, we were. What, I think that's what's made the spring feel like it's flown by so much. Like, we're, we're not, we're, we're not going to go into summer. We're just, it's just been compressed and... Uh, you know, but it really has flown by. We've, uh, I know our team. We've got we've got five games in less than uh, in less than a week and a half here. So things are things are really compressed. Which um, which you guys had played nine games like yeah. It seems like, like just yesterday just, yeah, we had only played yeah. nine games. We're up to we're up to. Or you got them now. in. You were getting them in quick. Like yeah. it was. You f it felt like you guys were ahead of the pack. You know, um, but you're right. Five five games in in what seven days basically. About that. Yeah. 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 So um, and and you guys might have one of the lighter schedules. You look at you know some other teams. I know um, Hollis Brooklyn and Merrimack are playing a Sunday game coming up this week. Um, yeah, we're lucky. We avoided having to play on the weekends this year, but um, we do have four games in five days uh, the the following week. Um, but luckily, a few of those games are at home, and uh, we don't have to travel too far on the road there. So it's a manageable schedule for us. But a lot of other teams, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna test uh, a lot of teams. Uh, roster depth at this point yeah. their benches over the next over the next week and you know what's going to happen is is it'll stay pretty mild like this for the next two weeks maybe hopefully uh and then you're going to come out here you know june 1st and it's going to be degrees 90 the, yeah yep, thunderstorms and 90 degrees yeah so i i hope everyone's prepared maybe spend a little little time in a i think if we keep talking about it and saying that it won't happen right is well, that that's the way it's supposed to happen i finally right? so. left uh i have this big heavy sweater that is just uh, it was a, a gift from from a relative on my wife's side, so I won't. I don't want to. She's probably not listening to this, so. Um, I think you're safe. It, it's not. It's not something I can wear on top of things because it just is kind of ugly. Uh, <laughs> but it's very warm, um, so I wear it underneath other jackets. I finally left it in my car this week, so I think we're good now. Now that that's in the car, I, I'm not going to need it again the rest of the spring. I think we're good. Let's hope. I hope so. Uh, so I want to actually start with a game uh, that took place a full week ago, um, because it was one of the it was it's been one of the game, best games I've seen all year, boys or girls. Um, and we did talk about uh, gave a little preview of it last week. Was the uh, Bedford at, at, at Bishop Girton girls lacrosse game last Thursday over at Stellos, uh, part of a doubleheader there. The boys played Reading afterwards, um, you know. But in the girls game, you know they. A rematch of last year's D1 championship game that went to overtime, BG won in overtime. Well, wouldn't you know they went to overtime again? Um, and this time it was Bedford that came out on top, 15-14. Uh, you know, if you if you had asked me in the first half, is this game going to overtime? I would have said no. BG's winning this game. They were up 5-1, 6-2. They looked like they were cruising. Uh, just like every game I've seen of theirs this year, they got out to a very, very fast start. Uh and you they know, can and afford to play that way. Yeah, they have a yes. lot of depth this year. They, they, you know, Coach Carey is able to play a lot of girls, uh, and so I think that that's the, that's part of their game plan is trying to get out ahead of these teams, intimidate them, and say we don't have a chance today. 
Um, but to, to Bedford's credit, they, they, they hung with it the whole yeah. game long. They came back. I think they, yeah, they took the lead before halftime. BG got a goal with less than a second left to tie it. It was 8-8 going into the half. Um, and then Bedford, or I, excuse me, BG took a, a, a one-goal lead early, and then Bedford came right back. They went up by four. They looked like they were in control of the game. And then BG makes a couple of saves, wins a draw or two, goes on a, a four-goal run of its own, and then they're back up by two. And then Bedford comes back. And it, like, it was just, you know, punch and counterpunch. And, you know, we got – Bedford had a chance to, to win the game in the last minute couldn't get a shot off. I don't know if they couldn't – you know, some of the girls couldn't tell how much time was left. That's kind of what it looked like was they just weren't aware of how much time was left on the clock. Um, couldn't get a shot off before the end of regulation, but then won the draw to start overtime and never gave the ball up. And, I mean, just one of the, one of the better games I think I've seen all year. You know, and, and, and not to be cliche, but, you know, they say defense wins championships in the playoffs, and I, I think that's what's so impressive now is the work that, that Pinkerton has done since their initial loss to Bishop Girton there. You know, they, they've revamped their defense, and they're, they're doing really well now, and, and the job that they did to hold a high-powered Bedford team, uh, you know, to, to a low score there, I, I kind of like Pinkerton heading into the playoffs here and the way they're playing right now. Um, but I think it shows that, you know, any one of those three teams seem capable of winning it, and then you have Sauhegan still playing well uh, as well in the division there. You know, I, after that game um, Thursday, someone said to me, uh, someone who was not involved with BG or Bedford, was just a, a spectator, um, said, oh, this is probably going to be the finals, isn't it? And I said, I, you know, I don't count out Pinkerton. I mean, yeah, they, they lost to BG, um, they did beat Bedford. They came back and, and gave BG a, a heck of a game. They only lost to BG. They only lost by to BG by four, and that was very yeah. early in the season. You know, you know and, and you don't tip your hand early in the season. You, you, you know, they they've been playing. They're playing really well right now. They do have they have Andover coming up, and I think that will that will kind of show where where they're at and where their defense is at. If they're able to to win at Andover, I, I really like Pinkerton's chances coming into the playoffs. There, what what would I'm wondering what the tiebreaker at that point is. Due to the fact that uh, they've all beaten each other now. So the first, so if the first tiebreaker is obviously head-to-head, wouldn't count because they beat each other. The next tiebreaker is uh, you're rating against other tournament teams. So basically the other eight teams or, or whoever, your record against the eight teams that are in the field. Also including, though, if anyone ties for that eighth spot, regardless of which team is actually in, you include that team in the tiebreaker. Um, so let's say, like, right now I think it's very close there between Central Merrimack and Londonderry for the last two spots. L- if all three of them or, or two of those teams tied for the final spot, you'd count both of those teams. So, and then it's it's interesting if they if all of them have the same rating, because um, I think they've got, I mean, they so play Bedford, a similar so schedule, it right? It looks like, unfortunately, Bedford would, would finish third no matter what I- unless they lose again. Which is, I mean, they've got they've got two tough games left on their schedule. They got Portman, Portsmouth and Sauhegan. But let's say Bedford wins out, they're only playing a 16 game schedule. So that where would, BG and Pinkerton are would, playing 18 game schedules. It would depend on on the rating. Um, so now, so now the it comes overall com- rating. Well, yeah. now, so now it comes down to that Bishop Girton would have the one seed because they would have the head to head over Pinkerton. They would have the same rating, same number of wins. So as of right now, BG would have the one, Pinkerton would have the two, and Bedford would have. And they the three also play. I, they also play Andover uh, mm-hmm. Thursday night. Over, yep. um, actually, I think that game is at PMA. Um, you know, so that'll be. I guess that's kind of a, that'll be a good barometer. Is is how does each one of them do against Andover on their home field, uh, whichever field that happens to be for Pinkerton. We don't 
<laughs> we still don't know that if they're playing. Uh, the girls are still playing in the the outfield of uh, one of the baseball fields, or if the football field's ready, or heard anything about that? And do we know the NHIA website is still showing that that BG has uh, the makeup game with Cohasset there? Has that has that game been played yet? Or it hasn't been played. Um, I was told that they were trying to to get it played, um, and it's something that they may hold out until that last Saturday, the the twenty fifth to play that game if they have to. I'm not but I'm not sure if that's Well that would make that would make a big difference because that would right. drop them down to seventeen games then. So um, you know if it comes down to it and Pinkerton hasn't lost, I'm sure Bishop Girton's gonna win. I don't know that how that in. how that works either in terms of, of um, you know the NHIA's rules because I know in the past they've been kind of split on it. If if teams have a game on their schedule and it doesn't get played They've made it either be a forfeit or if there's a good faith effort to try to get it played and it just doesn't work, they let them drop it from the schedule. So that's another thing to, to kind of keep in mind there. I, I think they would probably let them drop it, but it, it would affect it would affect their seeding, potentially setting them up with the two seed instead of the one seed if uh, if both Girton and Pinkerton went out. You know, there's a, a, another interesting kind of battle there, too, in the division for the, the fifth, um, that fifth seed between – Right now, it looks like Nashua South and Exeter. Uh, Exeter holds the head-to-head tiebreaker there, um, but South still has to play Pinkerton and still has to play BG. Um, you know, and they're at a point. You know, they, South won again today over against Central. Uh, that ten wins is um, a, a pretty big deal uh, for for the Panthers because they have. I don't know if they've won ten games since they won their last championship, which was in two thousand seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so that's a that's a, a pretty big feat. The previous two years, I think they'd won eight or nine games um, to get to ten. Uh, especially when you look at where they were, you know, earlier in the decade, I think they might have gone, you know, five years winning five games or something like that. So that's a, a big step for them, uh, and they're still pretty young. They've got, I mean, they do lose some key seniors this year, but the, but the heart of their team, the core of their team, is uh, juniors and sophomores and even freshmen. So it's similar with the boys, I think, and that stems from the, the youth program uh, all the way all the way down there. You know, the, the Nashua Blast, that, that system there is, is done wonders for, for the city, and a lot of those kids have stayed within the high school program there, and so you're seeing a resurgence of both the boys and the girls team at Nashua South, which is it's great to see. You know, speaking of the boys, let's we can kind of segue there. Um, really been struggling the last week or so. I know we, we both talked about them potentially fighting for one of those top four seeds at the beginning of the season maybe um and early now on it now it looks like, like it. They're, now, now it looks like they're fighting for that seven eight nine spot they're just the way just the way the schedule if, if they're not careful out. i mean even even just to get a spot i mean i know nine teams make it this year a lot of things would have to break the other way for them to miss out but you know they've been in, they've been really struggling of late and you know we we talked uh, one of the teams that is making a, making a, a last second run here in Bedford Bedford with with two straight wins they beat Nashua South one of the you know that that started we that kind of raised some eyebrows there they they all of a sudden they they explode for 15 goals against Nashua South and they follow that up with a nice win against Timberlane uh, they're going to be favored they're going to be favored against Nashua North so that game's going on kind of as as we speak. Yep. Uh, and if they can pull an upset against either Exeter or Sauhegan, that may be just enough to get them in. If they get to six wins there, it could get That's them in, in, the, in, the, in the final you know, playoff Especially spot if one of those teams like Sauhegan or South, you know, ends up dropping a couple of games because then Bedford would, again, I'm not exactly sure how the ratings would match up, but at least record-wise, they'd, you know, they'd hold the tiebreaker there head-to-head. 
Um, South, of course, still has to play. Um, Pinkerton still has to play BG. So certainly not an easy schedule for them coming up, um, you know, as they finish out the season either. You know, and just when we thought we had the division all figured out, you know, we had the, we had everybody locked into their places. We have uh, Sauhegan with a great win over, over Londonderry today. You know, it was a one-goal game last time. We probably should have expected it. Um, you know, but we, we saw Sauhegan take a little take a little dive there for a little bit, but then, you know, they come back and they get a nice one over Concord to start building some momentum, and they follow that up with a 11-10 victory over, over Londonderry on the road, um, you know, and, and some unlikely guys stepping up for, for, how, uh, for Sauhegan there. I talked to Coach Bertrand and um, Tyler Hall's little brother, Jack Hall, is now starting for the team. Had two goals today, including the game winner. Uh, Will Boyle had two goals. Uh, John Lonis was huge in the in the in the uh, in the net for them stepping up, um, so really balanced scoring for them across the board there. And uh, you know a team that I was high on in the beginning of the season, playing playing really well right now, and uh, you know potentially could be a four or five seed coming in. Yeah, I know we talked about them uh, amongst our, ourselves earlier earlier in the week. Um, you know, and I I was I kind of had the same feeling coming into the season, but you know some of the losses that they had while they were against you know the, the real iron of the division um you know just looking at the way that they lost those games you know getting down 15 to nothing and a half against bg um i want to say it was like eight or nine nothing against exeter you know losing you know giving up 19 goals to, to, to pinkerton getting behind early in that one i mean those are just it kind of made me wonder is like how i mean i this team is loaded with talent you know, are they just not going to be able to put it all together? I think and it's a team that, that is building confidence and, and, and believing in each other. I think coming up the Timberlane at Timberlane is going to be a huge game. And then to see what can they do against a talented Portsmouth team, a team that, you know, at the X, they're clearly going to be they're going to be outmanned at the X there. Um, but, you know, if they continue to play well as a team, they've got a chance to run the ta They've got a chance to run the table here, pick up five straight wins and, you know, finish the season with with 12 wins. Uh, and only only five losses, and, th and that should be good enough to get them into the four spot at that point. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Division One before we uh, kind of move on? I know we a couple teams we didn't talk about have been kind of all over the place, or not? Excuse me, um, Hanover. We talked about the other day. They've kind of skyrocketed up in the standings with um, I want to say like eight straight what wins. Was that there. stat you shared with six six or goals was separate them was, um, from? Uh, no, no, that was about Timberlane. Was uh, before oh, they sorry. lost to, before they lost to Bedford uh, yesterday. They were um, six goals away from being nine and one, and the in first place in first Division place One. In the Division One, yeah. Um, but then they dropped that game yesterday to Bedford. Um, but still, they've got they've you know, got a tough end of the season here at Londonderry. They get Sauhegan at home and Concord. Home. They they got. I think they need one. They got to definitely get one more win to try and to to solidify a playoff spot there. But none I mean, of those games are going to be no, gimmies. No, but I mean they may be staring down Concord as a must win. At home, which is nice yeah. that they get them at home, but that that's a tough must-win game at the end of the season. How much though? I mean, I know they were kind of going into this year as, you know, let's see what happens. We're we're a D two school that moved up to D one. You know, we're not really sure what to expect. Um, but how I much do you I think they might kick themselves looking back at that? You know, that one goal loss to South that I think was double overtime. One goal loss one goal, in Hanover. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, losing to Dover in the first game and then turning yep. around and beating them the second time around. Yep, I think there's a lot of a lot of. I think th if if they don't make the playoffs this season, I think they're going to look back on on some missed opportunities. But it's it's also growth. I mean, that's a that's a Timberlane team that you know was continuing to build in Division Two that hadn't had a lot of success there, and each year they were building on that. So, you know, it's a team. I I think they've done an amazing job. 
uh, just in the first year getting getting the wins that they have gotten. And, um, you know, it, they, like I said, if they can get one or two more wins here at the end of the season, they're going to be a tough team that I don't think anyone wants to see in the playoffs. I, I want to say correct myself there. I had said Hanover won eight in a row. They've won eight of nine. There was a loss to, to BG mixed in there too. Um, you know, they've got a, a tough schedule coming down the stretch too. Um, they're done home games. They're on the road the rest of the way. Um, still have to come down and play Pinkerton. Still have to come down and play Londonderry in the last day of the season. So, you know, I mean, those are, are you know, going to be very, very tough games. I will be honest. I know nothing about Middlebury Union, so I do not <laughs> know do if that's I. a tough game for them. I'm, I'm sure it's well, probably a border rivalry uh, <laughs> game for them. Um, but that that could be a key one for them to try and to try and stay out of that bottom two. Nobody wants to be the the seven eight or the eight nine play-in game there right, for a top right. six seed. Um, that that could be a key one there. They're sitting on eight wins right now. If they get to nine wins, that should set them up nicely to make sure they stay in the top six. Hey, you know, and the other game I kind of just glazed over here was they also have to go to Dover too, which you know that's a tough trip for anyone in the right. middle of the state. They're coming from, you know, like you said, almost in Vermont basically to go all the way to the seacoast. That's that's not a after having fun played Pickard in yeah. the day before. Right. So you right. You're, you know. No, maybe um, it's maybe it's time to look for a hotel somewhere in like Durham or something. <laughs> You know, stay somewhere in the middle. Exactly. Uh, um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, just when we think we've got teams figured out here in Division One, I would argue that Division Two has been, you know, Division One has been tough to figure out. Division Two is utter chaos. It's a mess. I, I was talking to Sean Houlihan out at, uh, we were texting back and forth out at, uh, he's out at St. Thomas and, uh, you know, kind of talking about the importance of his game, this at, uh, you know, coming up against Dover um, and how that potentially could move him up three or four spots or down three or four <laughs> spots and uh i thought i had everything figured out on paper and then of course uh hollis goes and beats merrimack valley today seven to five um you know a nice victory for hollis on the road kind of starting to solidify where they are showing that you know what okay our schedule hasn't been the hardest but you know what that that's a great win for hollis on the road there they're going to have an opportunity to show over the next five games they've got merrimack coming up they've got dairy field they've got winnicunit and i believe who am i forgetting they've got one more uh, they're finishing up with um, Wyndham at Wyndham. So the the last five games, starting with the Merrimack Valley win, will really will really uh, tell the tale of Hollis's spring here. Which, by the way, anyone that's looking at the standings here, um, Wyndham is not four and five. There's four games that they've played that haven't been inputted here, so they're actually seven and six. Um, yes, that is correct. You know, so that that's um, that's a little misleading there, and they've got a couple of tough games coming up. You mentioned really you games. mentioned the Hollis game. They also play Winnicott. I feel like everybody plays Winnicott down the stretch here, or or you know at least was. I mean Merrimack played them, Central's played them, Wyndham and Hollis. Um, you know the the back half of their schedule. I and we like, we talked about their early games that 0-3 start against three you know tough opponents. Um, you know then they get the win over Goffstown, and then they had a stretch there before the Portsmouth game, um, or you know before and around that game that yeah was a little bit lighter. Uh, but they're really finishing strong here, and they don't seem to be letting up. I mean, they they, they beat Merrimack. It was a nine six game against Merrimack, um, you know. But they beat up on Central fifteen to two. You know, like I said, big win over Goffstown earlier in the season. So you know, I mean, that's a team that that's it's a high seems, powered offense. Yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of athletes, and um, if you're if you're not careful in the way you play them, the score can escalate quickly on them. Um, you know, they they've. They've got a lot of, like we've talked about in the past, they've got a lot of two- and three-sport athletes that are, that are winners, and, um, you know, they're, I think they're hungry. I think they see that they, this is a year that they could make a deep run in the playoffs. They've been looking to it the last couple of years. They've kind of gotten stuck in that 
first round and quarterfinal uh, bubble there. And now, now they're seeing, you know what, if we win out, basically the way I have it, I, I think if they win out, they're guaranteed a top three spot. They could go as high as two. Um, and if they are, if they drop the game, I don't think they can finish anywhere below five. But I think that the key is they could they could have a nice road to the to the semifinals and finals if they if they're able to secure that top three spot. Yeah, I, I got to say, you know, winning out <coughs> would put them at twelve and three. I mean, I can't imagine you know anyone. Well, no one can pass them if they don't if they win out. You know, so depending if, Port, on what if Portsmouth, Portsmouth does, wins, yeah. if Portsmouth wins out, they get the, they get the two seed. If Portsmouth drops a game there to Sauhegan, then Portsmouth would fall to three, and Winnicunit would be at the at the two spot. Um, and if Winnicunit loses a game, then they would they would fall, uh, I believe, no further than than five. So it makes that game next Wednesday between Winnicunit and and Hollis in Hollis a pretty pretty big one because that could, I would, I mean, I would argue the Wyndham game this Friday is Wyndham's been playing you know their record may not indicate it but they're well, playing teams very difficult I mean we we were in a battle with them the other day they lose by one to Portsmouth arguably could have won against Portsmouth um you know they, they're they're not blowing teams out but they're they're able to hang around and they have some really really good athletes on their team well I'm saying that this because Hollis right now is ahead of them in the standings uh, yeah, yeah. um that one you know uh, you know if, if Hollis is sitting there it's you know 12 and 0, 11 and 1 coming into that game, right? You know, a, a, a win for Winnicott would be huge because it would then, you know, you're potentially looking at them leaping past Hollis in that in in that case. And as you said, if if Portsmouth doesn't, you know, take care of business, then I mean, they they could even jump up to the two seed potentially, which yeah, would be uh, would be a nice, a much much better road than being the three seed just because of the the way the buys stack up this year. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, again. The way things are going, teams are getting pushed down in there. So you know, you could have some very good teams in that that eight nine or that seven ten in that seven ten bracket as well. So just because you're a one or two seed doesn't oh. mean your road's going to be easy. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at potential matchups, and um, you know, yeah, we're just going to win. We're going to play whoever's in front of us next. But you know, potentially being the one or the two seed doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have an easy road to the finals. I mean, anyone that saw the the playoff picture I posted going into Monday. You know, at, on, as of Monday, the eight nine game was was Wyndham at St. Thomas. Yeah, that's no um, gimme. <laughs> you know, so yeah, coming coming out, uh, getting one of those in, in in your first playoff game after having a week off is probably not, not ideal. ideal. <laughs> no, not ideal by um, any means. You know, I, I I can't we can't not talk about um, the game coming up Friday uh, for you guys, um, and it's probably going to be one of the more talked about games. I think maybe just from this season because of you know what's uh, what's kind of at, st at at stake here. Um, Exeter coming to town, coming to Dairyfield Friday night for you know an out of division game. Um, another game that you guys added to the schedule this year to try to um, challenge yourselves a little bit more. Um, you know, and there's a, a what's at stake? I don't, I don't understand. There's, what a, you there's mean. a little bit of a win streak. Kinda, on that. Kinda, guys, we've been doing really well. You guys have won a couple of games in a row. Yeah, you've won a couple games in a row here. Um, I, uh, you might have heard about it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we're really excited, Joe. We're, uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, coming into the season. We kind of talked about it. We said, you know, uh, yes, the winning streak is a lot of fun. We want to keep it going. But honestly, we just want to win the last game of the season. That's what's really important to us. We are at 65 games in a row. It's kind of crazy to think about that. But, um, you know, uh, that's not what's driving us on Friday. What's driving us on Friday is we have a team that's coming in 
that uh, is going to get us really prepared for the playoffs. It's going to have a playoff atmosphere type feel. I think there's going to be a, a really big crowd there. It looks like the weather is going to be really nice. Um, and it's I think it's two teams that match up really well against each other. You're going to see two great goaltenders. You're going to see some some great offensive players matching up against each other. You're going to see some really good defenders out on that field out there. Um, again, kind of like we talked about with the Portsmouth game that we played earlier this year or when we played Sauhegan and, and, and Westwood, I think it's going to be you know broken plays between the lines. I think it's going to be uh, just effort plays that are going to make the difference in this. I think uh, it's two coaches that are going up against each other that – uh, know each other well, respect each other, and um, you know I think six by six, six on six goals are going to be hard to come by in this game. And and the other factor is you've got an Exeter team that's coming off a pretty much I would say embarrassing loss, even though it was to BG on on Monday. Um, you know, in, in a game that I'm sure they looked at on their schedule as being one that well we can kind of say where we're at in this game, win or lose, and the way they came out was. I mean, they were they were. I mean, flat. I don't know if that that does it. Like, they they came out pretty flat in that game. Well, we know you know they they had a little bus trouble there. They didn't necessarily get there in the time frame that they wanted to get to. That plays into it. You're feeling a little bit rushed. The weather isn't ideal. Maybe you just you're not as you know as high school kids. You're not feeling as comfortable. But um, BG, you know, in that game did look like they did look faster. They looked hungrier. It was. Um, it, I, I think it would if if I'm Exeter, it's a disappointing it's a disappointing loss and. As the dairy field coach, I'm not real thrilled about that because I'm sure they're going to be hungry to come out and uh, prove everybody wrong and, uh, you know, get back on track kinda, on Friday. So it was like not what I really wanted to see. I was yeah. kind of hoping maybe Exeter pulled an upset and uh, might be feeling good about themselves. But, um, you know, I think uh, Coach Holly is probably going to be laying into his guys this over the next couple of days. And um, I, I think they're going to come really fired up to play on Friday. You know, it's kind of like what the uh, the football coaches say when they have to play Exeter the week after they've lost the game it's like oh, come on seriously you couldn't uh, you had to do this to me now you know because you know that that they've had an entire week of practice of just being reminded of what uh what happened the week before uh, i'm really looking forward to you know that you mentioned the portsmouth game and not only was that a great game that was a great atmosphere um a great night weather wise one i mean hard to believe back in april we, we, we had like a 60 degree night you know that was clear and and just really I think really I was actually fun wearing night. a t-shirt yeah. that game. yeah that was, I, I had on nice. shorts I you know um so yeah hopefully we hopefully we get a night like that um I'm really excited to see guys like Wyatt Carr Wyatt Carr missed uh most of last season with an injury um he's been playing really well right now I think it's going to be a great uh, great opportunity for some of our close defensemen to match up against him uh they've got another matchup in uh uh, Dayton Christensen, who, who's a, a big kid, a big lefty, who, who's looking to push the, push the corner. It's going to be a tough matchup for us. Um, they've got a, a, a really nice freshman in Aiden Drunzik, who uh, who can who can beat his guy one on one and, and and draw slides. Uh, you know, at the midfield, we've talked about how coach doesn't always like to talk about his son, but but Connor's a very good player. Um, you know, Connor Flanagan. And then of course Spencer Clark. I mean, so they've got they've got a three-headed monster at the midfield there, and and plus he's got a lot of guys that are just good lacrosse players, and he's been switching them up and having them play different different positions. So, you know, we've got our idea of who we want to match up against, but the way coach subs his guys, it's not we're not always going to be able to get the matchup that we want defensively. So I think that's going to be a key role is you know how, and I think both teams are going to play like that. I'm sure they've got matchups in mind they'd like to play against us. Um, you know, so I think the substitution game will be interesting there. 
and uh, and the faceoff circle. You know how do how how do we match up in the faceoff circle with them? Two teams that don't necessarily have uh, true in the sense fogos uh, on the field. There, you know the, that that battle is going to be key there. Uh, let's take a look at the girls' side of D two for a moment. Um, of course, the bigger games there are there are a couple of big games coming up next week that we'll we'll talk about a little bit more. Probably the biggest being next Thursday's game between Portsmouth and Hollis Brookline. Um, Portsmouth also plays at Bedford next Monday, so they've got a couple of really big games left. Um, but you know, I, I, not to y- you look at what Hollis has done this year, and and they're now sitting at eleven and zero going into uh, what should be a tough road game against Hanover on Thursday. Um, you know, outside though of that uh, one one goal win over Winnicott, they've just been crushing teams. Um, you know, you look at, at what they did on Monday, they go to John Stark, who's a pretty good team in its own right. They just uh, beat up on Hanover today, um, on, on Wednesday. Uh, and they go to John Stark and beat him by, ten, not only beat him by 10 goals, but they put up 20 on them. I, you know, and just... What was that? What was the final score at Hanover today? Do we have that? Um, Stark beat Hanover 15-3. Wow. Yeah, at, at, at Stark, uh, third game in three days for Hanover, two of which on the road. Maybe that played a factor in it too, um, but you know when you look at that, I mean, if if Hollis has beaten Stark by ten, and then Stark has turned around and beaten Hanover by twelve, I mean, is is Hollis going to be twenty two goals better than than I can't see that happening, um, but th- I mean they I'm are wondering if Hanover was missing people too. That's always a possibility. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean I mean Hollis's scores have been have been really really impressive this year. So I yeah that'll be interesting to see how they do against Hanover there, and then sets them up for an end of the season game against Portsmouth at home. Um, I think that's the one everyone's circling yeah. there potentially for the one seed. Depends on how Portsmouth uh, finishes finishes up with um, uh, with Bedford. You know, and the the thing with Hollis is is they're putting up all these um, totals, and you know from what I've been seeing. There isn't one player that's scoring like seven, eight, nine goals a game. It's, you know, a couple kids with four, a couple kids with three. You know, maybe there's someone that gets six in a game. But it's, you know, there's, and when I say a couple, I mean like four or five that are scoring three goals a game. Really like well-balanced team. You know, they have so many weapons on offense. And um, their goaltender, uh, Olivia Valentine, is, um, you know, she looks like she's, uh, she is a seasoned veteran. And she's playing like one when I've seen them. It's, you know, anything that she can get close to um, has no chance of going in. Um, so, I'm, you know, really impressed with them. I mean, you know, you had a feeling that they were going to be good because they didn't lose anything from last year. But I think they've been better than maybe I expected. Well, you know, and we've talked about it before in girls lacrosse. If you, if you can control the draw and you've got a goaltender that makes saves, you're, you're going to win a lot of games and you're going to blow out a lot of teams because it's essentially a turnover at that point. If, if your goalie's making saves – you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to actually on defense get a turnover in girls lacrosse just by the nature of the rules. So you have to have a goalie that can make some make some saves there. So we you know we mentioned the uh, somebody had a big winning streak in in New Hampshire boys lacrosse. Uh, there was another big winning streak that went down the end of last week. Um, that being Hopkinton, which had won uh, what did I say forty two games in a row? I think I it was, was what 40, it was forty two. Yeah. Yep. Um, they've won the last two Division Three titles, both undefeated both years. Started out this year 8-0. Um, looked like that streak might continue, you know, last Friday when they go to Pelham and score two go- two goals in the first minute and up 2-0. Um, you know, but Pelham kind of, you know, 
got out some nerves and just worked its way back into that game, took the lead before the end of the first quarter. And, you know, by the third quarter, I mean, it wasn't a very high-scoring game, but Pelham had control of that game. From all indications I heard that Pelham could have could have blown that game out. They, the, they held the ball. They had control of the ball. They hit a bunch of pipes. They had some bunch of near misses. Um, you know, just a really impressive, after, after a slow start, a really impressive and half. Hopkinton kind of controlled possession in the fourth quarter, but they had a lot of, you know, a lot of miscues, a lot of shots that, that Pelham was able to either, you know, get to first or make saves on. They turned the ball over a bunch of times, you know, less, of course, less than ideal field conditions, which seems to be the norm um, this year. Uh, so, you know, that played a role. In, and, and then as that game was coming down, a little bit of chippiness, um, you know, some maybe a few more penalties than, than either side would like. Um, but I think it kind of, I mean, we already knew Pelham was pretty good, um, but I think that kind of puts them in the I position think it puts of favor. Driver's seat of yeah. definitely getting there. And, you know, now, now um, in order for Hopkinton to win, they're probably going to have to, they're going to have to play a good Monadnock team potentially that, that gave them every on the that at home gave them everything they could handle early in the season there um so you know i think pelham's road to the finals is is, is going to be a little bit easier than uh than hopkinson if they if they want to say if they want to set up a rematch there. You know, and then you look at the rest of the teams in the division and you know it, maybe it's a little bit like one and two where you look at laconia kearsarge campbell trinity um interlakes maybe even throw guilford in there and on any given day, you know, it feel it seems like one of those teams is going to come up with a big win. Um, you know, Campbell had pulled off a big one last week against Laconia. I wonder if, you know, they were still riding high from that one. They came out and lose it uh, at Interlakes and then, you know, get beaten up by Pelham. You know, so I'm wondering if that, that had an effect on them. Um, you know, Trinity had a big win over who am I? I'm drawing a in blank this league. Right this it's moment, so much about matchups. Yeah. It's it's who's healthy and and how do you match up against the other team's defense? Are they playing a zone that you're prepared for? You know, so I, I think if you clearly don't have more talent than the other team, like you're seeing, you know, a Laconia, a Campbell, a Guilford, Trinity, these teams can all kind of beat each other on any given day, depending on on who who's healthy. So. That's what I'm saying. I think I think having the one seed in Division Three is definitely an advantage. Um, on the other, on the flip side, or on the girls' side of things, um, I know last week we talked about that uh, Hopkinton Dairyfield game. How is Dairyfield going to bounce back? Um, looks like they're going to be just fine. You know, they go up to Kearsarge last Friday, get down four-one in the first half, and storm back and win uh, eight-five in uh, you know uh, what's got to be a very um, confidence building win especially going on the road against a tough opponent really strange really strange game they went up there it was uh it, w it was super foggy that you could hardly see in the first half and then uh but through you know great goaltending and and some key draw play in the second half they were able, able to get a win there did have a little bit of a setback today against laconia laconia is always a tough team um you know seems to be getting stronger as the season goes on um but you know i i, I think you Hopkinton coming out of watching that Hopkinton game I was really impressed with the athleticism of Hopkinton and their ability to get up and down the field um, I think whatever team draws them in the playoffs if they're going to knock if you're going to knock off Hopkinton you're going to have to control draws and you're going to have to control the pace of play you're going to have to slow things down because when Hopkinton gets out and runs they they are capable of breaking that game open really quickly I mean that was the difference in the in the Dairyfield game is they they got some transition goals that you know bing 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 and it was down the field 
um, you know, they played each other fairly evenly in the six-on-six six game, um, you know, in the settled offense there. But, um, you know, so I, I think Hopkinton is the team to beat in Division Three, and then there's a bunch of teams that are that are starting to peak towards playoff time here. You know, what's interesting, too, is is outside of that Dairyfield game, you look at what their closest – Hopkinton's closest games have been. You got the season opener against St. Thomas. They win by seven, uh, but they give up 11 goals. Um, second most – with the, their most goals allowed being um, their third game of the season against Kearsarge, they went 17-13. There's a pretty good chance that one of those two teams ends up four or five, somewhere in there. If Hopkinton gets the number one seed, then they turn around and got to face one of them, potentially one of them in the semifinals. That, I mean, you know, maybe a worst-case scenario for Hopkins. Not to say that they wouldn't be favored in, the, in that game, but you're talking about the teams that played them toughest, especially – you look at St. St. Thomas, you know, who's it, you know, Kearsarge, I, I don't know Kearsarge how they played is, that game at St. Yeah. Thomas. Kearsarge is playing, Kearsarge is playing very well. Kearsarge is playing very well right now. Um, you know, I think Pelham's, Pelham's had some up and down kind of weird things going on here, but they're, they're a team that has potential to be, I, I think we might see in, in the girls division three playoffs here. I, I, I still think it's hopping to beat, but I, I think there could be some upsets. Uh, it could be like a couple years ago, round. a couple yeah. years ago when Kearsarge was the, was what, the number six, six seed, seed yeah. all the way to the finals. Yeah. 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 So it could be. Yeah, that could be very interesting. Uh, any other final thoughts to add before we wrap up for the week? Well, I think uh, we'd be neglected if we didn't mention uh, the Bishop Girton boys and their big win over BC High recently uh, winning 10-9. Uh, just from all indications, a great game back and forth. Uh, it sounded like BC High was dominating the game. I would even say, from indications from what I heard, they, they you know, sort of plus 40 minutes of, of controlling the, the game. Uh, could have been up three at the half, but Sean Cameron scores one right before the half to keep, to keep him down two. Uh, you know, they, they, pull, they pull together. Um, they, they tie it up close to the end of the game there. BC High has the ball under a minute to go and uh, has a great shot and a chance to tie the game. And, and Hype Miller makes a save. Lupo runs the field and uh, finds Clark with with a goal with with two point something left in the in the game and just a thrilling win and a a great statement win for uh, for not only Bishop Girton but for for the state of New Hampshire and uh, you know lacrosse up here again just like last year you know um, getting wins out of state you know really helps us to to get our kids noticed on a on a national scene on a national level. Yeah, very uh, very exciting finish there, and if they've still got the, their annual game with with Duxbury coming up next week. Uh, back that game is back at uh, LaSalle College, which is I don't know exactly where it's in, a, in it's Massachusetts. A really, it's it's kind of really really nice tiny, venue, but yeah. if you're gonna go, you want to get there early because parking parking uh, is parking is no, on the street, and um, you know it's a lot of side streets, and you're gonna have to you know I, have to. I had to park show, in a tree. If you show up five minutes before game time, yeah, you're, you're probably yeah. not gonna make it. So if you want to get there, five get minutes there early. before game time. How about a half an hour before yeah, game that's what time? I'm saying. I literally yeah. parked in a tree one year. Like I yeah. put my car <laughs> in a tree. Uh, there's also no room on the sidelines to to shoot in that too. So you're kind of like. You might want to like wear like some catcher's gear or something like you go out there to 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 watch that game. Uh, keep your eye on the field at all times. Yeah, yeah. To take your life in in your own hands there, or put your life at risk there. Uh, he is Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Always appreciated. I would say uh, next week we might have a better playoff picture for you, but it's only going to be Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday, so we may not. It may be uh, maybe Saturday of next week before we figure this whole thing out. Well, either way, uh, you can check out nh-highschoolsports.com to uh, kind of keep up to date with that. I will be starting to uh, do 
I, hopefully daily updates on that. Um, I would argue it's better than the NHI website. Uh, I appreciate that. I <laughs> uh, do my best. Um, that's for sure. Uh, I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.